What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rewired Soul podcast. It's your host, Chris. And today we have another amazing interview with a great author, one of my favorite books that I recently read again for the second time. And before I introduce him, just real quick, if you're not yet, make sure you are following me over on Instagram and Twitter at the rewired soul. All right. I've been writing a ton. I've been announcing new projects and things like that. Uh, really cool stuff. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure you're following me on social media. Make sure you're following the podcast if you're not yet. And, and head over to the rewired soul.com. Um, I think it is set up already, but anyways, you can get a free book from me. All right. I have published a few books. Some of you know this mainly around like mental health and things like that. And I just released two new books. They're both free. And I think you can get one just by signing up for my newsletter and my newsletter. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with it. I think I'm doing like maybe like a bi weekly type thing with uh, just something separate from like the blogs and all that stuff. So make sure you head over to the rewiredsoul.com and you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at the rewired soul. All right. But anyways, today's guest is Eric Vance. All right. So he is a staff editor at the New York Times, but today we're going to be talking about his book, Suggestible You, okay? And I, I can't tell you how much I love this book. So as many of you know, like I am very interested in a few things like, you know, human behavior, psychology. I'm also interested in why we believe just weird things. You know what I mean? Whether it's conspiracy theories, bad science or whatever. And Suggestible You is such a fantastic book. All right. So Eric, Eric was a former member of, uh, you know, um, I believe it's like Christian scientists. I, I had never even heard of this, like, uh, religion before reading Eric's book. Apparently it's pretty small, but anyways, and yeah, they're one of those religions where they're like, no, no medicine, no nothing. All right. You will recover through the power of like prayer and all these other things. And when Eric got older, you know, he started kind of questioning it. He has an interesting story around it, which we kind of touch on in this conversation, but, but yeah, like he couldn't, he couldn't deny what he was seeing, even though he, you know, he kind of left the religion and got more into science. He couldn't deny that people were, you know, recovering or being healed or whatever, you know, from like major illnesses. And he even has his own experience with that. So he got really interested in the mind's power to change the body. And that is what suggestible you is all about, right? Like a lot of it is about, you know, placebo effects. And, and yeah, this is something that I've talked with a lot of authors about. If you've been, you know, listening for a while, uh, I'm really curious about, you know, Hey, how bad are placebo effects? Because people do heal. People do have effects from antidepressants, even if antidepressant medications or anti-anxiety medications aren't as great as the studies say they are. There are still many people who benefit just based on the placebo effect. And yeah, I'm glad I was able to talk with Eric about that. We talk about false memories. We talk about stuff that's going on on like TikTok because there's a lot. There is a lot of these weird like beliefs and placebo effects and stuff like that happening on TikTok. But but yeah, I love that book so much. So 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode, but do yourself a favor, head down to the description below. Make sure you grab a copy of this book. Uh, Eric isn't super active on social media, but I connected with him on Twitter. He's very responsive, even though he's not tweeting every five minutes, but make sure you're following him as well. Uh, as he'll mention later on in this podcast, he loves when people reach out to him. Like he's just a really curious guy and you'll, you'll hear his curiosity come out and you know, you know, it, all of you know me, like I'm a curious person. So I think that's where me and Eric click, but this was just such a fun conversation. It took us a while to set this up. And I'm so glad because I read this book for a second time and loved it just as much as the first time. All right. So yeah, make sure, you know, you head down in the description, grab a copy of this book and just a quick reminder, make sure you're following me over on Instagram and Twitter as well. All right. But anyways, without further ado, here's my conversation with Eric Vance about his book, Suggestible You. All right. Hello, Eric. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing today? You're doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. This is is great. Thank you. For, for coming on, Eric. I So real quick story. I, I, I read your book like last year and it's always popping up in my head. And I've been doing this podcast since like May. And I'm like, I need to, I need to find this guy, Eric, and get him on the podcast. So it's my, it's my honor to have you here. I love the book. Well, I did then say something that knows this. I didn't know I didn't just hypnotize. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Well, well, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I, I, I'm currently rereading it, and like, I don't know if I need to go get my genes tested and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, real quick. So, I, I, I need everybody to go get your book. But for those who don't know, can you just like kind of explain like what, what inspired you to write Suggestible You? What's it kind of about, and you know, all that, all that fun stuff to set the set the scene. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the simplest uh, answer is sort of when I land the book, which is I was raised in Christian Science, which you know, a lot of people are not as many Christian Science today as you used to be. I don't think, um, and uh, there actually aren't be hard numbers on it, but um, uh, Christian Scientists basically uh, believe that um, you can heal your body with your mind. Mm-hmm. And I grew up like I didn't go to doctors until I was like eighteen years old, and. I went off to college and then uh, became a scientist and, and left the religion. But I was always curious about like what had happened when I was a kid. You know, you'd have these healings. Like, you'd have these healings where pain would disappear or, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have the on demonstrations. And I was always curious about like, what was going on. And then one day um, I recognized the name of a former Christian scientist um, who was giving a talk about placebos. Everything sort of clicked in this talk where it was just like, Oh, this is, there's some sort of key into how, um, you know, we say just a placebo, but I see placebos unlock this whole world of mind body interactions that mm-hmm. I just went down this rabbit hole and, and basically didn't come out because, uh, so many things came together and I started talking to shamans, you know, and I, I traveled around yeah. the world talking to healers and I found we had a lot in, in common. There were a lot of things that overlapped. Be, from my experience growing up with these people who were, you know, um, tapping into belief and expectation as a way to change the body. And that's yeah. what this, the, 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 the book is about, is how expectation can uh, can change reality, change your body. Yeah, it's, it, it's nuts. So 
So the reason I got interested in it, so I come from a mental health, uh, mental health background. I got sober in 2012, right? And what's funny, we'll talk a little bit about pain management in a second. My, my drug of choice was prescription opioids, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I get sober and I didn't want to have to take any pills, but, you know, I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I was taking them. And as I, as I stayed sober and started to learn more, I started picking up books. I don't know if, you, uh, if you've heard of it, like The Emperor's New Drugs. Have you read that oh, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. So that's yeah, a, that's I a, interview the, the author in the book. Uh, oh, he's cool, amazing. cool. So, yeah, so, so uh, for those who don't know, like he, he dives deep into it, and explains like how all these, you know, medications are tested. I'm like, what the hell? Are these meds even doing anything? And then like, you know, the debates around side effects. But the reality is so many people have effects, right? Like who are we to say like, oh, no, you don't really feel better. And that's kind of what you discuss in the book too. I would actually go one step further. I would actually say, Everyone has placebo effects. If you think you're the one person who's not <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, like, uh, I am somehow immune to the power of suggestion, all these different things around us, you know, like, oh, and yeah, I always get this after a book, I get a lot of saying, oh, uh, um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not gullible or anything, but ginseng really works. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're the only person on earth who's not gullible. We're all gullible. Like everyone on earth can uh uh can have a placebo effect can get duped can uh can feel healing after after having basically nothing and yeah. that's kind of bread it's, it's basically it's part of how our brain functions in a very basic level we could talk about that but yeah. um this is something we all do and yeah. no one is in here yeah, yeah. And and that's that is like, you know, the next thing I want to talk about. Could you you lay the foundation? And as I'm reading the book for a second time, I'm like, man, you set this up great. Right. So so like our brains are these expectation machines. And you know, you kind of talk about how, you know, there there's been studies where even even if I walk up to somebody and I go up to them, I say, Hey, this is not Advil, this is a sugar pill, right? they might still feel some pain relief, even if I tell them it's a placebo, like that's crazy. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I actually try to do that sometimes, right? Like when I'm taking stuff, I'm like, this is going to work and it is going to make me feel better and you know, whatever. And I haven't like been keeping like a data sheet engaging my pain and stuff like that. But like, like first off, now that I said it and I sound crazy, I wonder if you try that stuff. But second, too, can you also kind of break down for the audience how our brain is this kind of like expectation machine? Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, first of all, yes, hundred percent. I mean, if, if I can, if I can trick myself into doing something, uh, what's interesting? I mean, if you think about any pill you've ever taken, if it has a color, like mm-hmm. there is a marketing choice that is related to placebos, and in, in that, I mean, yeah. like pills don't come out blue or yellow. Like they make them that color so they'll be more effective because they will, uh, you know, they'll. They look like they work. And uh, for me, though, it's fizziness. Uh, if something's like a fizzy mm. drink or if it's as carbonated, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely doing something when I'm sick. I was just on a cold. And like, everything, I just drink a lot of fizzy drinks and it, and I swear, I think it's doing something. And it does. It makes you feel better. It's like, oh, the fizziness you feel making yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of this out there uh, that we can talk about in a minute, but the, the, what it's doing is tapping into something very fundamental in the brain. I mean, you think about what is a brain, and this is this is not me, this is not some you know airy fairy philosophy. Like when you want to create, people who pioneered artificial intelligence had to sort of think about what is a brain's job, and it's very center 
people like, you know, Daniel Dennett and some of the early pioneers, mm-hmm. what they came up with is it's a prediction machine. That's what a braid does. It makes predictions and it takes the past, applies to the present to predict the future. That's what your brain does. And some of those predictions are really simple. Like we assume the ground is hard and we step on it. Like yeah. that's a prediction we made. You just take a step from the ground. It's going to be hard. Take another one after that. Uh, some of them, you know, you throw a ball and you catch it. Like, think about all the predictions that are going into that. Some of them are even bigger than that. Where it's like, you know, uh, how are the cups going to do next year? Or, you know, will there be good hunting on the plains? Um, mm-hmm. the, this is, so our brain does a, you know, uh, it basically sets up the world based on predictions and, and, and makes a map of the world of, of based on what it's experienced. So, you know, uh, uh, the ground is usually hard, but you step on it. So yeah. we can assume it's blind we are, you know, and, and, and uh, when it, there's good rains, there's, you know, there's good hunting on the plates. You know, it's a, all of these things come together in a bunch of different levels to make, you know, basically what we know is reality, right? Yeah. And, and if suddenly, you know, a giant, you know, Drag it, pop out of the ground, and get in the, you know, the head of Harvey Keitel. Um, that that would be hard to deal with because that's the yeah. nation that we've dealt with, right? Like we, we need our we need the we need the world to work the way we expect it to. And what placebos do is they they take advantage of that and they flip it on on their head. So mm-hmm. they make something that you expect at a very deep level. Um, they undermine it. So you you take a pill every time you get pill, you always feel better. Every time you've ever done it, you feel better. You take the pill. There's nothing in it. Your brain has mm-hmm. a choice. Either it changes the expectation or it can change reality, right? Yeah. And rather than changing the expectation, the way pills make you feel better, and suddenly they don't, it's just easier to make yourself feel better, to change reality. And you're like, oh, well, uh, your brain basically will just make reality fit the expectation. And you can yeah. do that by releasing drugs. So it releases yeah. endogenous opioids. And you feel better. And that's just so your brain doesn't have to change the expectation it has about little white pills. And that's yeah. fundamentally what the placebo effect is. There's another element. There's sort of two types of placebos. And, and one of them is, is sort of that, um, that conditioned version we were just talking about. The other mm-hmm. one is, is the performance side, where if you put on a really good performance, you can convince someone that something's going to happen and create an expectation that's new. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, uh, that also comes in to healing, but what, but those are sort of that actually take place due to parts of the brain. Um, yeah. But those, so, but the first thing you're talking about that, that like real expectation, that, that prediction machine mm-hmm. thing that we found, that's what you're doing. You're, you're tricking the brain so that it has to change reality rather than changing the expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, like in, the, uh, in, in the early parts of the book, you lay that kind of foundation. You talk about all these different chemicals and stuff that our brain releases, right? Like endocannabinoids, right? Like we think mm-hmm. of just, we just think of like pot and everything, but our brain has so many damn chemicals, right? And but, it's, it's doing all these things based on expectation. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, why does some random flower of the step of, of, you know, at Asia, like make us feel so good? You know, it's like this random poppy flower. Like, why is that? Well, it's not, it's not random. It's because that chemical is already in our brain. Like yeah. The reason why opioids work on you, it isn't because they're special. It's because we already have that chemical in our brain and it, it has a specific job. We're just copying it. It's the same thing with cocaine. Mm-hmm. It's all these different drugs. They're just mimicking something that already happens in our brain. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of these placebo effects do is they simply just, I mean, why bother taking an, 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 an opioid when you already have one inside it? 
that you yeah. can release a lot better than shooting it in your arm. Yeah, yeah. And and I totally forgot about this from the first time I read your book, but I'm not going to spoil it because, again, I need everybody to go get your book. But you talk about like this Parkinson's kind of st- uh, story, right? Mm-hmm. And it it blew my mind just, just reading it about it again. But I, I can't remember if you talked about uh, the research around like knee surgery, uh, mm-hmm. like because there, you know, there, there's been, uh, I forgot who the doctor was, but, you know, I think it was like basketball players. There's like a very common like tear or whatever. And he's like, you know, we go in there, we like scrape and clean it out and all this other stuff. He's like, is it really doing what we think it is? So, you know, they, they started, you know, separating them and drilling in, not doing that. And they were having just as good of results. And like, as somebody like me, I'm very, I get very riled up about the American healthcare system, right? Yeah. And and you talk about this a little bit in your book too, like like you know uh, storytelling, like a better storyteller is also going to get better results yeah. and and all that. So so have you seen like this book came out a few years ago? Like have you seen like any shifts in in healthcare? Is anybody talking about this? Like are we moving in the right direction to maybe save some people some money and in invasive surgeries and stuff like that? I have. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a lot in in that right there. I mean, it, um, but I um, and I don't. I, I'm now uh, an editor at the New York Times with the Well Desk, um, mm. and I don't I don't want to give away anything, but we do have a um, we do have a package coming out pretty soon on on chronic pain, and um, and one of the things that we're finding, and 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 in the last even the last ten years, but and especially the last twenty, it's just. You know, and I'm seeing this in my book, um, it's just how important psychology is to pain treatment now. I mean, you really can't separate chronic pain, mm-hmm. just chronic pain um, from from psychology. You mentioned the knee surgeries, and there are some knee surgeries that are very important and that are addressing a, a specific problem in your knee. But there are other ones that, um, that when you test them against what we call a sham surgery, or basically a surgery that's meant to make the patient feel like they had surgery but not actually yeah. do anything so usually it's just like you just you just do an injection or you just kind of you just make an incision and nothing else yeah uh sometimes they actually if it's a, if it's brain surgery you actually make a little divot in the skull so it feels like you got a little soft spot there <laughs> yeah. uh, but you they didn't do anything and when they, and you you don't need to have a surgery outperformed ACM surgery in order for it to be approved in order for it to be common mm. like it's not like a drug the drug you have to have for placebo in order for it to be a, in order for it to be approved by the FDA. You oh wow! You don't have to do that for surgery. You don't have to do that for a lot of medical equipment. It's just not the same standard. So mm. you've got a lot of equipment out there that we don't know that actually outperforms the placebo, uh, no. and we have a lot of surgeries that we know don't. Uh, there's a back surgery as well where you sort of fuse two vertebrae together that doesn't outperform placebo. Mm. Part of that is because the placebo effect is so high, and that's one thing I want to mention is that. The fascinating thing about placebos is that they're not all equal. Um, mm. If you have uh, OCD, the placebo effect is very low. But if you have, um, you have depression, it's very high. If you have Alzheimer's, it's low. If you have Parkinson's, it's high. And mm. that's because there are different mechanisms going on here. Like your brain has access to dopamine, which is, you know, your Parkinson's is chronic deficiency in dopamine. Um, that it can tap into, whereas it, it just doesn't always have tools. It doesn't have a tool to get rid of a tumor. Like if yeah. I say I'm actually going to make a tumor disappear, I can't, like your brain doesn't have that tool, but it does have tools to make that tumor less painful. So yeah. a lot of the placebo treatments for cancer make you feel better, 
but they don't actually wear the tumor. And so, and, and that's actually, that gets very evil very quickly. But, yeah. the, um, but the point is that, um, as you mentioned, uh, all of these things are, are sort of connected. And, and what I think I've seen in the last few years is really an understanding that by treating psychology, we yeah. can treat pain. And that, and there's, you see a lot more pain psychologists, you're seeing pain coaches, you're seeing mm-hmm. people really take seriously, you know, you, you can't, you can't necessarily heal someone or everyone, uh, if they're chronic pain by talking to them or by doing, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, but you can make a big dent. Yeah. And some people, you can see some miraculous recoveries. And, and so I think that's the thing that I'm really, I'm really excited about is this, mm-hmm. look, we don't have to give you a fake pill or do a whole rigmarole. We can start doing some, you know, proven psychological uh, therapies mm-hmm. to reduce your back pain or your yeah. fibromyalgia. Yeah. And that's where this stuff starts to really excite. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons like I care so much about it is, you know, as somebody, you know, who is in recovery from prescription opioids and, you know, uh, I've worked in treatment and, you know, it's something that I, I, you know, I'm an advocate for and stuff like that. Like last year we had 93,000 like overdose deaths, right? Mm-hmm. So many people died from getting hooked on pills. And while it's not like a cure-all for pain management, it might lessen that. But right now we're just popping pills like Tic Tacs. It's, it's a little better from when I got sober in 2012, but, uh, but yeah, like that, that's kind of where I see it, but also like, oh, go ahead. I just think one of the great example that, um, uh, and I think, and it, it's, I think, I think it's Chris Spivak was that the doctor who I talked to at, uh, at, um, um, uh, who worked with, uh, fraternity veterans, um, Bethesda, um, Maryland and, and, uh, and what he would do, I mean, you know, these are people who are amputees mostly, people who mm-hmm. have lost limbs. And these people have a huge, huge um, uh, drug addiction problem as, mm. as a group. Um, I mean, just because the chronic pain, people talk about family and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, yeah, just yeah. The, like, there's that, but there's also just like just the pain of the stump, you know, uh, yeah. of, the, of, of the, you know, yeah. the, the site where, where the limb was lost. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's really hard for any pain doctor to, to deal with that. And he came up with this really great idea so he's got all these vietnam vets who are just on tons of pills and he's like and i want to make sure that the, the vets returning home to denny don't end up having to deal with that and so he starts this program where he gives them drugs and he ties it with something from their from the past so like mm. for, some, for one guy it was jazz like every time he takes a pill he listens to some jazz so then someone else he had he did one of those little um word were there caramels little like little yeah, ones yeah, your yeah. grandma always had you know it's yep. like i don't know why grandma's i don't know why you'd have these things because <laughs> like, they're little, delicious <laughs> yeah well they make little red blood cells but they're you know there's weird relief yeah. um and then he'd take one of those every time he took the the, the drug and someone else he got to use the smell of eucalyptus and a bunch of different anyway after a while it stopped he cut back on the drugs, but he kept giving them. Oh, because it was pairing them? Yeah. Right, because he's pairing them. And we, they basically, every time they had this very, you know, usually it was a very personal experience from, you know, the lipless guy who grew up in California. He was just yeah. smelly new. Um, if, you know, a, a deep emotional sensory experience. And then, uh, and you, then you just get the experience. And then yeah. your brain basically steps in and starts releasing the drugs that you were giving from the pill because you trained it to, because it yeah. has one, it has one 
on board. And, and there's even a theory out there that this is actually the, the way your brain is supposed to work. That anytime you have chronic pain, it's just your brain not doing its job. Um, mm. And that's debatable. But like what he was seeing was that uh, a tremendous, tremendous either uh, either people going off the drugs or just taking you know such low doses that um, the chances of them becoming addicted were much, much lower. And just you know, it's hard to do with someone who's been taking drugs for. 30 years, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, if you can, if you can get the brain early, um, it's, I mean, it's this way you start seeing how people historically could see these things as miracles. You know, this yeah. is what oh, I yeah. start seeing, you know, I was like, oh yeah. And you see these people having these breakthroughs in the laboratories and like, oh, well, yeah, if you didn't know what that was, you'd think that was a miracle. Like, and, and this is where all these things were put together, but when it comes to fighting the opioid crisis, you know, it dies with opioids. Thinking about these ideas, this is not a too far out. Like yeah. these, there are definitely, there are definitely huge, you're trying to train the brain to do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why so many people should be in pain so long after, um, after having an injury. Yeah. So, the brain can snip it. Yeah, that that that's crazy. And it makes so much sense. Like I was just thinking of like, you know, Pavlov's dogs and stuff like that. Like when the brain's expecting the food, the dogs just start yeah. salivating and stuff like that. But even, you know, as I started learning about addiction and the neuroscience behind it, like I started learning about the anticipation. I, I forgot which book it was, but it was uh, arguing that dopamine isn't even about the pleasure. It's about the anticipation. Yeah. Right. So, for example, if I just go back to, you know, my my old my old party days. You know, when I knew the drug dealer was coming, I'd start feeling good. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. so when you're saying that, I'm like, that makes sense, you know, but like, well, I, think, think about it this way. I mean, if you went to a doctor's office and it was in a loft that was just filthy, uh, with a bunch <laughs> of like old, like Pink Floyd posters everywhere. And he comes in wearing like cut off jeans and, uh, you know, and, a, and an undershirt and chucks some drugs in you. Like how effective is that going to be mm. no matter what you're feeling? But the anticipation of going into a hospital, going through the process, sitting down, waiting for the doctor to come in, like these are not, these are not nothing. And a lot of people that it's been studied and, and that people do feel better as soon as they go into the hospital and all the mm -hmm. doctors, well, getting the doctors, you know, and the patients and they're like, I'm feeling better now, you know, and, and that's not nothing. Like this is a big piece of it. Yeah. So with your, your book came out 2016, quick. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Okay. The last, geez, we're, we're going on two years. The last two years have been crazy in this pandemic. Right. And mm -hmm. since then they made a, a vaccine at lightning speed and all that. And I don't know if you've written any new pieces about it, but I'm curious, are you seeing any of this, any of what you discussed in the book playing into like stories around, you know, vaccines, not getting vaccine side effects. Are you, are you sitting there? Like, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how Eric Vance sees all this stuff. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, what, I mean, no one cares about Eric Man's season. Don't worry. It's, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's not. So this is, this is some of right, the big things that when you talk about expectation, the big, the big powerhouse areas where it's really effective. You have pain, depression, anxiety. Um, and then you have, uh, there's some autoimmune diseases. There's Parkinson's is a classic one. Um, there, uh, asthma is, is a few, these are some smaller ones. Um, I have a little section on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, 
uh, uh, getting erections. Yeah. Actually, they're just taking up. But the, but that's, that's, that means really that depression, anxiety, or disease. Oh, irritable bowel syndrome. Those are the ones where it just has an enormous, you have an enormous amount of power and leeway in your brain in order to change, um, change a, a condition. And some of these conditions can be quite serious and to really make a difference. Um, other things, there's less. Now, one of the interesting, little funny spots in this is immune response. Mm. Uh, and whether or not you can trick your body into having an immune response, you, you can trick rats into decreasing or increasing their, their T-cell output, which is related to immune responses, you know, um, by basically by giving them a sweet drink every time that they're you know, having this drug and then, and then you take, you take one drug and, and you should, it does have an effect on immune response. But what I think about the pandemic, you know, I'm really looking more towards things like depression and anxiety, mm. these, these co-epidemics that have come along with it. Um, and in my own life, trying to think about how I can change my expectation around changing anxiety and, and People might say, oh, well, it's not, you know, it's not a real disease, but these are real diseases and these aren't oh, yeah. really people's lives. And you do have, and it's not that it's any less real, it's just that you have more power. Expectation has more power over those conditions, um, like irritable bowel syndrome, like Parkinson's, just because of the mechanisms mm -hmm. that it does over some other conditions. So um, I don't think, no matter how big your placebo is, and there have been some doozies that yeah. you can fight off COVID by, you know, by like, if you really convince someone that they, that they had the power to COVID, I have never seen any evidence that you can make a dent yeah. in the progress of a virus. It's an interesting idea, but I just haven't seen that. What yeah. I have seen is that you can greatly change the experience of the rest of us who are dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression of people who are, who are dealing with the, you know, the, um, a lot of the things that have come out of this, this yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that definitely makes sense. And, and, you know, as, as you're talking about this stuff too, like, you know, I'm also thinking about, uh, the, the, the nocebo effect and stuff like that, that you talked, you talk about in the book, but, but one of the, oh, one of, one of, I'm well, sorry, I just hadn't thought, could, yeah. could it, nocebo is when you, you expect something bad to happen when you're done with yeah, placebos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could you nocebo someone? with COVID into the emergency room. Uh, that is a scary thought. I don't, I, you didn't ask that, but that's well, that, 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 So what I was thinking, when I, what I was thinking too is if people have an expectation of a bad reaction to the vaccine, right? Is it creating, for example, uh, people need to get the book. I, I'm going to say that a million times because I love the book. But like the the young woman who got a rash when the guy put a flake uh, a fake flower in there, right? Her yes. body legitimately got a rash. So I think of, like I have friends here in Las Vegas who have been so vaccine hesitant, right? I have a friend who doesn't listen to my podcast, so I'll, I'll tell the story. But anyways, he, uh, him and his wife made a deal. He's like, here, I'll I'll go do this. You get vaccinated, right? And you know she did, but. She's been hesitant for months, right? So I'm thinking about all the people where they're fun. Like, I, I keep seeing people like, hey, just got my first shot. I'm like, well, what the hell were you waiting for so long, right? So I'm wondering if some people are getting a bad reaction because of that expectation too. It's a really interesting. So just to clarify, um, uh, like I said before, placebos when you expect something good to happen and it does, mm -hmm. your body's response. 
uh, no SIBO is when you expect something bad to happen and it does. So, well, you know, like, okay, this, dude, this is really going to hurt. You're on this, this rip really going to hurt. And this is really going to hurt, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then of course it hurts. Um, and these things are more easy studying with pain. And um, the problem is nocebos are really hard to study because uh, I can't go to someone with Parkinson's and be like, this is going to make your Parkinson's way worse. And they give yeah. them a pill, even if it's a placebo. Like, it's just, that's just not ethical. Um, you know, I mean, there's a, I looked everywhere for someone who was killed by a nocebo. And there are some potential interesting cases where people were just so afraid that, you know, they may have died from their fear. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not something you can study in a lab. So it's, it's very yeah. hard. What we, what the, the few things we understand about nocebos is they're easier to create and they tend to la last longer than placebos. Um, and when you do the, and that's your start with pain. And so you can create these expectations around more pain and they, they tend to be easier to create and they last longer. And so you could say that fear is more powerful than hope. Um, that would be a pretty cynical way to look at things, but I guess they're very powerful things. So then, if someone, and I experienced this firsthand, the Christian science, uh, a lot of Christian science are really afraid of doctors. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not all, I mean, you know, it's a very diverse religion, but um, there are a lot of stories in Christian science about just all of the terrible things that happen to you when you go into a hospital. And so my, mm. you know, um, I know a lot of people who the first time they had to, they had to get some sort of procedure, they were just terrified that they were going to get killed. You know, they think the doctors, yeah, you'd be some sort of horrible, you know, on the, you know, on the, the Victorian, you know, hospital yeah. with like, you know, uh, you know, some guy hanging over and saying, is it safe? Uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, so I've seen this fear, um, and it wouldn't surprise me. If some people who are really afraid of the vaccine and get the vaccine have some kind of adverse reaction because of that mm -hmm. fear, I don't, I've never seen evidence that would lead me to suggest that it would have any effect on the effectiveness of the vaccine. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, psychosomatic effects are huge. And if someone had a rash, after it, you know, like that's something that is well within the possibility of yeah. something your mind, your mind can create yeah. or, or had the, or, or lowered the immune response. Like I'm, you know, to, to like some other bug that was floating around and, and we're sick for a week. Like it's, it's really hard to study and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really hard to study in humans. You can just get some rats. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, having seen that fear firsthand, it really surprised me. Yeah, I think I, I think, you know, what I'm thinking about too is is just so many people who are still vaccine hesitant. And I started chuckling thinking about that story that went crazy this week with Nicki Minaj and her <laughs> cousin her cousin's friend swollen man parts and stuff. You know what I mean? But but you know, so many people are using that as an excuse, like, oh, my friend had a this reaction to it, mm -hmm. or my friend's friend's friend. And I'm just like, even if it did happen, could it be a nocebo? But but can I say yeah. one thing about that real quick? Mm -hmm. After having spent, I spent a couple of years trying to track down as many of these sort of like friends, friends, which would be full of like, you know, in, <laughs> in the jungles in Mexico or wherever I was, just trying to find deep blue, have miracles and different, and different things. Half of them don't exist. Like you think, or, you know, oh, and this person was healed by cancer. And you look it up and like, oh, this, this, this elixir healed someone with cancer. And you track them down and like, they're getting chemotherapy at the same time. Like, it's uh, just like, yeah. You know, how these people like having gone to go legwork and track these people down, half of them don't exist. But then, you know, there are these other people who have these experiences. But most of the time, 
you get excited to meet someone and it turns out that they're a figment of someone's imagination. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, you were talking about like, you know, the fear, right. And something you talked about in the book is the voodoo death. But one of the reasons I, I love the book is because like, I am this very science minded thinker and you did insane stuff where I constantly ask myself, would I do that? So you paid, was it a voodoo witch doctor to curse you? Who, what was their exact profession? Um, I would, uh, they were a brook, uh, a brook hope. He was a brook hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is, that is technically a witch in Spanish, but it's more like a healer. Um, it's, 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 uh, calling a witch doctor, I think is, um, uh, I don't know if that's fair enough, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you could sip, they haven't worked for shamans. So it's not exactly shaman, but, mm-hmm. um, a brook is, uh, it's, it's a Latin witch, uh, but he did specialize. And this is an interesting thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can specialize in in you know white magic or dark magic. He specialized dark magic. Mm-hmm. He was that was his GM. Um, I and so there's actually a market. I thought this would be like some like secret hidden you know back alley thing where there'd be yeah, some guy who just like, found it on Yelp. Yeah, I mean, just going to the market. There, it's like there's nothing illegal in putting curses on people. He's not even part of the free wellness. Um, and um. And so I went in and, uh, and, uh, and met with this guy and I actually met with two different, uh, people to choose between which one I wanted to get my curse from, but I was going to paint mm-hmm. them to curse on me for a week, uh, and then lift the curse. Um, <laughs> really rational people who I have a lot of respect for, you know, I was like, Hey, this photographer, hey, you know, until with me and shoot this. He's like, no, 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 I don't know what that's splashing on me. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't like, this isn't shampoo with the, you know, the, you know, marine world, like it's yeah. just, just, you know, and, but people were really scared to, to be near someone having a curse put on them. Um, yeah. and you know, who's not like my whole point of doing it was that I was scared and I was curious if that would affect my body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your story around that and the things that happened and you, you know, reflecting on it and, you know, understanding like, you know, what, what your mind's done, but you know, uh, like, I, 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 just, I don't know if you, I'll just what? say just just to close that loop uh it's not very far to go from you know man of science to lunatic right you know, they're, they're pretty close <laughs> yeah well have, have you heard of that study where uh they they wanted to see if atheists would sell their souls right for like five bucks have you seen that or heard of that I haven't this sounds oh, great it's, it's fantastic I did a I did a video about it on my YouTube channel a while back but yeah because I'm you know I I I see myself as an atheist but when I think about that stuff I'm like I, I know I don't know if I would do that you know and it's really interesting because it doesn't make sense and have you have you seen and if not this is the date night you need with your wife have you seen the movie The Possession of uh Michael King you watch that I have not. I don't think my wife would make it through that particular film, uh, but yeah. I have been very interested to see it. Yeah, why did this is apply to this? Yeah, particular? yeah. So it's like it's like what you did, but if it turns into a horror movie, you know oh, what no. I mean, right? But uh, I think the, the there's just been so many triggers that make me remind remember your book, and I'm like, I need to get Eric on here. But I don't know if you you're familiar with what's been going on TikTok. Well, my girlfriend she loves sending me these ridiculous videos. There's something called witch talk, right? Have you heard of this explosion of Maldivite, the uh, little crystal, Maldivite. I, I know the crystal is okay. It, it's a, oh, it's a, oh, Eric, you're gonna have fun. And if you need a guest writer at New York Times, sign me up. So, Maldivite, there's this thing, it's gone viral on TikTok where this crystal brings you bad luck. 
right? So people are going around, they're like, oh, I'm going to get some. Then they come back and they tell all the bad things that have happened to them and things. And I'm just like, read the damn book. You know <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, I mean, when I was cursed, you know, there's something big did not happen. But uh, there was like, I remember this day I had a coughing fit that turned into a sneeze. Mm. Um, or what are the, and sneeze dip? No. Anyway, I, I did also my, my, um, my um, toothbrush, uh, my electric toothbrush thing. And like, like, I remember that because mm-hmm. it was in the context of this curse, right? That everything, but you know, yeah. that if, if I hadn't been cursed, like would I remember that mm-hmm. I had been, it had broke, that my toothbrush broke? No, it's like, it brings your focus. And that's another thing the brain it does is, you know, it focuses on what's important. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and, and another part of the brain, you know, and then from the book, sorry, is doing memories and, yeah. and, uh, and, it, you know, and, and also in peace on hypnosis, but, um, uh, you know, you know, your brain has to sort of choose what's important. And when you say you have been cursed, and, and I should mention that um, with a few exceptions, almost every curse I've read about isn't complete until the person has been told they are cursed. That is mm. a part of almost every curse I've read about. Interesting. Um, convenient. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's convenient. <laughs> but like, that is the whole curse. Like, you know, then once that happens and you have that focus, your brain is suddenly everything is more meaningful. Um, reality shifts, it does shift. Yeah. And, and again, if you're going to be the person who's like, oh, no, 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 I'm somehow able to see past that. I had a completely clear Vulcan view of the world and I'm not, you know, being swayed by the fact someone just told mm-hmm. me I'm cursed. You're nuts. If you think you're the one person who's not being affected by this, yeah. you're just kidding yourself. These things affect us. Yeah. And when, when someone tells you you're cursed, your perspective and your expectations change. And that's why people have this happen. And that's what happened to me is that you are paying more attention and things, uh, you know, the, the classic example of memory people give is like, you know, you get up in the morning and you hear, you see a bluebird and then, um, and uh, a red car drives on the road. Are you going to remember that in two years? <laughs> what if just before that, or just after that, you get a phone call and you hear that your dad's the yeah. first time? Yep. Now you're going to remember those things, you know, and it's just because of the focus, like this is an important moment. Your brain's like, okay, we got to pay attention to this. And that's when someone says you're thirst. That's your brain's like, okay, all right, now we're in. Like mm-hmm. what's going on? And you can't pretend like you're not affected by it. Like none of yeah. us can pretend we're somehow above this. Um, it's, yeah. you know, it's the way your brain works. Yeah. So one thing, one thing, if you ever do get interested here, just type in hashtag TikTok on TikTok or hashtag witch talk, witch T-O-K on TikTok and you'll go down a rabbit hole. If you're like, I know that you're interested in stuff, but here's what I'm thinking too. So the loop doesn't close until you tell the person they get cursed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people on here, and, and I don't know if people are either A, you know, think they're actually a witch or B, they're just doing it for entertainment purposes, right? But, but something else, right? When there are people who say, I'm putting a curse on my ex-boyfriend or whatever, right? Then they come back and say the bad things or that have happened to that person. So even if the other person doesn't hear about the curse, the person who believes they're putting the curse, do you think that they're seeing the negative things so they believe that these bad things are happening? Does, does that kind of make sense? I mean, if you, if, if you, if I was to tell you that I cursed you last week, and you were to go through your week, do you think you could, you could come up with uh, some, some 
know, yeah, my if purse. I had a minute, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing, like, and I, you know, my interest is less in sort of that sort of, um, uh, just sort of the randomness of life, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's just have, I mean, bad luck is just a thing, you know, there's just bad stuff can happen. I mean, if you think about what is a random distribution, like they're always still in clumps, they're not spread out evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm less interested in that and more interested in like, okay, if you bear your cursed, could you make yourself sick? Could you cause your body mm. to have some sort of trauma? Could you, you know, does, what, what are the limits? Um, you know, one scientist told me that, um, power the brain over the body, you know, again, to use a old term is not unlimited. We just don't know where the limit is. Yeah. But yeah. we just don't know exactly how much power expectation has over, over how, um, and so, I don't know. You know, that's what's more interesting to me is if, you know, but yeah. like if, if I did go back, you know, to the same week a year ago and someone's there and a curse on me and like, I could, you know, and couldn't I find this thing? Would it seem like that was a bad week? You know, uh, it just, it just, it mm. seems like it's just not very interesting in yeah. terms of science. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, maybe, maybe it's just a bad week. Like you'd have to, in order to really study that, you'd have to have thousands and thousands of people in lots and lots of hours to yeah. actually see if it was outside of, you know, uh, outside the normal baseline. Bad, bad week. That yeah. means bad week. Yeah. Uh, especially on TikTok where I'm like, you're not going to go on if nothing happens, but you're definitely going to go on. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, oh my God, you know, you broke his tongue, like, yes. Like, so there's, you know, there's that, that kind of bias as well. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm more interested, you know, if someone breaks their tongue because they have a curse, it's like, if they knew they were cursed, you know, were they moving differently? Mm-hmm. How did it affect their body? You know, if they, um, if they had some sort of um, condition that was related to things that we know uh, mm-hmm. are, you know, controllable by the brain, you know, did that mm-hmm. happen? Uh, did they have chronic pain? Like, if you want to curse somebody, honestly, tell them you're giving chronic pain. Oh, God, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to give, you know, horrible evil <laughs> advice, but like, this is something that your brain has power over and that fear has power over. And yeah. on the flip side, of course, you have power to heal it pain but um you know uh, oh yeah i mean and after writing this book i would be the worst like i you know i mean i'm i'd also be the worst like snake salesman i, I could come up with some really great uh you know placebos that would seem yeah. like they were working uh, yeah. because they're they're sort of a, a method to it mm-hmm. but yeah i i you know I just love that people think that somehow they're immune to it. That's yeah, true. no, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I always just try to practice my own humility because I try to think I'm above it too. But, but you know, like the the last thing, the last thing I, I want to ask you about before I let you go, because here's here's what happened in the book. Uh, you talk about the satanic panic, right, and false mm-hmm. memories. And still to this day, I don't know if everybody fully understands what happened, what was found out, all the, all the therapists who got in trouble, especially when you think about all of the QAnon stuff with like, you know, the satanic cabals, like drinking baby blood and all that. But anyways, anyways, I got really curious about memories, uh, you know, your book, so many others reading about memory, right? And you talk about the research around, you know, not only false memories, but that famous study of like changing how you word uh, the video someone saw of a car crash and just, you know, it, it alters their memory. But anyways, here's my last question for you, Eric. I've learned so much about memories that it screws me up. And I like, do, 
do you struggle with even trusting your own memories now? Like whenever I'm remembering stuff, I'm like, am I, am I, is that, did that really happen happen? Or am I just remembering my last memory or did somebody suggest this to, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I, so I just try to ignore it. So that's, there's, that's all I need to know if I'm alone there's, here or there's not. There's a great, there's a great podcast called Conviction uh, that goes into some of the satanic panic stuff. I'm just, you know, there's, there's so much to say. And I talked to people who are victims of this. Mm. Suffice to say, there was a, a really great FBI report, if there is such a thing as a really great FBI report, uh, that, um, that basically showed that there, I think there were more reporting satanic murders than murders. Um, in, I don't know if it's in the country or specific states, but uh, uh, that, I mean, it just got nuts. It got nuts where people, everyone was seeing Satanism all over the place. Uh, and a lot of it got tied up with false memories, which is what you're referring to, where you, um, you know, memories aren't, it's not a, it's not, it's not a recording device in your brain that you, you're basically remembering, like you said, the last time you remember it. Um, and, um, it's sort of like a copy of a copy if you're, if you're, you know, phone copying something and it, it, they do get changed over time. Uh, and there's these called flashbulb memories, which are like a really important event. You know, we talk about the brain focusing in the moment of, of trauma. Those memories are not great. They're not very accurate. You know, where, where you were on 9-11, where you were when Kennedy was shot. Um, another one that people have studied is the, you know, the, uh, the Challenger, uh, disaster, um, these memories, where you were that moment, are often wrong. So I wouldn't say I don't trust my memory. Uh, what I say is I have a healthy amount of skepticism. Ah, okay. Uh, for you know, get, you know, to the point where if I get an argument with someone about something that I remember, yeah, I'm not going to go to the mat because there's a certain <laughs> point at which, you know, especially with my wife, you know, like she remembers one way. I remember that, and it's. You can't be too sure. Um, you know, there, you know, there are simple things like the color of, you know, like colors, you know, and, and my book, I talked about, you know, all paper of a, a memory that I have that, I mean, I was one years old, I, I one year old, I, I have no real memory of that, but yet mm-hmm. I can see it and I can see the wallpaper and I can see the surroundings of this memory. Um, but that's not real. Like that's, and, and there's, you know, memory, another fun thing to do is, do you have any old, old memories? where you are in doubt, where you can seek yourself. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because that yeah. actually happens. That, that, yeah. And that actually doesn't necessarily even corrupt the memory too much. Um, but all of a sudden, you're not looking through your eyes. You're looking at yourself doing something, and that's a memory. And, and a lot of people have these memories, especially if they're really old, uh, where somehow you shifted, and you know you weren't looking at yourself when this happened. But it's just what the brain does. So you, you have to take it. It's just like saying, you know, oh, you know, I can't be fooled by a placebo or I'm somehow yeah. above this. You're, you're just, you know, you're fooling yourself. And, and, and some religions, I, I think, you know, in some different treatments can actually use these false memories to your advantage and make healing seem more powerful than they were. And that actually creates more expectation mm-hmm. for the future. So these things are all tied together. And, um, and a lot of it just comes down to expectation. And that's, that's what the through line in the book is to just sort of how expectation affects reality yeah um, yeah and I, I i think you know that's that's what i try to do too i don't i don't get this kung fu grip on no i remember that's how i used to be until i learned all these issues and like you said like with my girlfriend i'm not gonna like i'm just i i'll just be like i'll tap out i'll be like here you you got this you're right i'm wrong look i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight about no my, one my on memory. earth 
no one on earth is the security camera that is, you know, uh, objectively taking, you know, cataloging reality, you know, like this is not who we are. Yeah. We, uh, brains, our brains were not, didn't evolve to do that. They weren't, they didn't evolve to give us a perfect picture of the world. They evolved to get us through, yeah. you know, however we could do it. And, uh, and a lot of this, you know, I mean, there's a lot to be said about, you know, treating, you know, PTSD and different things, mm-hmm. uh, that um they call a little bit in the book and you know the, the, there are bigger questions here when it comes to memory but um all of these things you know you, you we're not living in some world where we're all robots you know we're you know i, I wish it were because yeah you know i have and, and this comes up a lot of politics too i mean because is it we're a little more used to thinking of this way but like you know you can have your own uh opinions you can't have your own facts well yep, yep. you know the way we see the world reality and expectations uh, i'm not sure that this is not also blind politics you know and and just because it seems logical right to you just doesn't make it true you know mm-hmm. that you, you braid this constructive things that fit together and that's really yeah. what it does well and it creates expectations and yeah. so just like i can fool you with um you know with this magical pill uh i can also fool you into thinking something that's fundamentally not true yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's that's a great ending point because I like taking books like yours and think and broadening it out to these other topics. But Eric, thank you so much for coming on. And like, uh, you're not super active on social media, but for everybody who is going to buy your book and they're like, I need to hear more from this guy, where can they find you? Are you writing still? Are you, are you writing articles or are you working on a new book? Because I need a new book, Eric. Uh... <laughs> Wow. And she called my agent. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 into, I'm learning a lot, uh, a lot more about, uh, about editing and I'm experiencing a whole new thing, uh, editing, which has been amazing, but yeah, I, I write about once a quarter. I've done a few things. Um, I'd like to dig into something soon along these lines. Um, I did probably about time. I did another book. Um, so, but, uh, I am on Twitter and I like engaging with people. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so if, if you pop me a note, um, I love talking about this stuff. And, uh, and if you have any stories, I'm love hearing, I get these, I used to get these great emails from people just about like the, these, you know, again, you know, I, I, you know, uh, the placebo effect might work for some people, but you have an experience, you know, the Reverend, you know, John, Bo, John, you know, Bill Bob, you know, yeah. he can touch you and there'll be light. And it's just like, I, I'm not, I'm like, they, this is real. And for people, and I just love stories like that. So if you can tell me a story about something that happened to you, whether it's real or not, like, I just love that stuff. So reach out. Let me know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And if if your next book is about all the stuff going on on TikTok and social media, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you research. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love the book. And I'm going to link all that stuff down below. And and yeah, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks for so great talking to you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with Eric Vance about his book, Suggestible You. And yeah, like we we didn't even get to talk about a lot of what was in the book. It's so, it's so, so good. It is just such a phenomenal book. And there's so much that you'll learn and get to understand about, you know, just how powerful the mind is. Like Eric was talking about, it is, it's really, really like cool, interesting, and kind of crazy how our mind can actually 
change us physiologically. You know what I mean? And Eric does so much research and discusses the science and it's not like, you know, super technical, like Eric's a great science writer. And something I love is a really good science writer who's able to take complex science and break it down for people like you and me, but he, he dives into like, you know, hypnosis and all the stuff. And, and like I said, too, like one of the crazy things is him, like getting, you know, which uh, like this, <laughs> it wasn't a, a witch doctor, but you know what I mean? Getting some of the curse him. like, there's so much more in the book like that. And it's really cool. So head down in the description, make sure you're following Eric, grab a copy of this book. All right. But yeah, if you're not yet, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at the rewired soul aside from announcing new projects and all that i love chatting with all of you and those of you who follow me you know my dms are open and i love just chatting with all of you whether it's in dm or just you know if you tweet at me and give me some book recommendations or feedback on the podcast i love it so make sure you're following me and real quick a couple easy ways to support the podcast doesn't cost you a penny just a, a few minutes of your time is make sure you're following make sure you're subscribed and more importantly, share these episodes. If you saw this episode with Eric, what's interesting, you're like, oh, I know some people who might enjoy this. Share it. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, wherever. All right. Those two things really help out the podcast, spread the word, and also helps with the algorithms and stuff. All right. But a few other things you could do down in the description. Uh, there is a link to the rewiredsoul.com where I have self-published some books on mental health, addiction recovery, things like that. And like I mentioned, there is a free book available if you sign up for my newsletter so check that out and another way to support the podcast and to help yourself is there is an affiliate link down below for better help online therapy and yeah just a few days ago it was actually world mental health day and mental health is a huge part of my life some of you know me from you know uh my youtube channel where you know it started out as you know mainly focus on mental health and addiction recovery. And yeah, mental health is a big part of my life. BetterHelp is a service that I have personally used. So if you want some affordable therapy that's online with a licensed therapist, you know, check out that affiliate link for BetterHelp online therapy and a little bit comes back to help support the podcast. All right. So another huge, huge thank you to Eric for taking the time to come on. And yeah, all of you, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we have been dealing with internet issues all week. Like I didn't even think I was going to get this episode out today. So stay tuned. If all is well and the internet doesn't freak out again, I should have a couple more episodes for you this week. All right. So yeah, have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.